I've just had a really great conversation with Michelle, one of the mums in our Mum Shopper network. We spoke about all things influencer marketing from the perspective of the shopper, not the brand, not the influencer, but the actual person that brands and influencers want to influence. So if you're a brand that works with mum influencers or even a mum influencer, you have to hear what Michelle says. She really does speak on behalf of many other mums just like her. Michelle honestly addresses mistakes brands and influencers make and the simple, so overlooked hacks to transform followers into raving fans. Let's get started. Welcome to Mastering the Mum Market podcast. This is the place for mum-centric brands to discover live insights and proven strategies to scale powerful relationships with mum shoppers. I'm your host, Christy Nicholas, and the CEO of MumPower. In the past decade, I've partnered directly with 400 household brands, and I can't wait to pull back the curtain on what separates the ordinary brands from the extraordinary. Stick around as I take trending topics and explore them through the perspective of brands, influencers, and mum shoppers to give you a complete viewpoint on exactly what it takes to build a brand that more mums know, love, and trust. Michelle, welcome to the um, Mastering the Mum Market podcast. We're very, very grateful to have you here today on behalf of um, Australian Mum Shoppers. Thank you. I'm excited. Good. Michelle, could you paint a little bit of a picture of what does a day in the life look like for you? Uh, Well, I work part-time. In saying that, I work four days. So I only give myself one day day off for personal time for me. Um, My kids go to school, um, but when they're not at school, you know, you've got your dancing and your sport and all the bits and pieces that come along with being a mum. So, you know, it's it's busy. Pro- since COVID, we are back in the full swing of things. So, you know, um, between work and kids, it's there's a lot going on, as well as making time for my friends. In between, like, because you've got obviously got your hands full with work and with the kids and, and everything that goes with it, um, who does the, sh- the shopping, like both grocery and for the home and for the kids? Who does that in your household? I do all the grocery shopping. Um, my husband will run and do the bits and pieces, you know. Um, I need milk, I need bread, can you get it on the way home? But um, the big shop I would always do. Um, I just know then I know what's in my, well, I know what's in the cupboard. That's, that's, I know what's coming home. I know I'm going to get everything that I needed. So I, I, I do that myself yeah it's interesting that you say that because mum power is always doing um market research to make sure we are across um mum's buying habits and you're not alone like i think it's about 94 percent of mums are the ones in charge of doing the um the grocery shopping and you know pretty much the same results for kid products for their kids and i think it drops down to about 80 percent when it comes to shopping for home products so you're absolutely not alone you're a great representation of the the wider market what say or influence does your partner or your kids have in the types of products or brands you bring home they don't really I mean if I left it up to my kids I mean like all kids we would have a cupboard full of sugar um they have an influence in the way that my son has a lactose intolerant so I'm obviously catering for him um but they don't have a say Unless they are asking for something healthy, you know, I will consider it, of course. But generally speaking, I'm in charge of, of those things. My husband doesn't really, he's not really fussed. He's not a picky eater. So 
Um, he doesn't really have too much of a say. But So would you say at the end of the day, in terms of what brands you bring into the home, the buck stops with you? Yeah. When in the day, like, in, you know, from morning, from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, when do you get just that moment to unwind for a moment? Pretty much when the kids go to bed. So, you know, by the time you do your homework, um, which is every night pretty much, or sport, um, you know, you rush home, you're getting them fed, you're getting them done, um, showered, uh, pretty much when they go to bed. So that would be anywhere from 7 to 8 o'clock at night. Um, and then pretty much I would have already done anything. That's when we sit down on the couch, have a cup of tea, relax, um, and usually scroll on my phone or watch some Netflix or you know, or something along those lines. I don't, I try not to do too much after, after a day's work. What, what do you think um, you do more of? <laughs> well, my husband would just, you know, we put on a TV show and he goes, you're not even watching it. You know, um, I'll be watching it, but I also just get addicted to it. I mean, the phone is one of those things that you could, you just scroll and scroll. I probably spend too much time scrolling sometimes for no purpose, but um, it's just a habit. So um, I'm pretty much watching a TV show and scrolling at the same time. You know what? And again, it's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what the, what the data says as well. At the end of the day, the research shows that mums spend more time online than any other like medium. So um, like, would you agree to that that sounds about right or is there something else that... Yeah, there's a lot of time we're sitting around, you know, and I, I know it sounds awful but you go to a playground you know playgrounds are there for the kids I'm not there to go on a slide and a swing and and I know there are you know maybe I should maybe I don't know what my mum did when she took us to the playground because she didn't have a phone but this is that moment where you're just sitting there scrolling because it's you know you're not necessarily on that playground with them and maybe I should be but we're busy and we need to disconnect and and that's that I feel like that's that moment where you can just I don't know. You're just sitting there and just thinking, this is when I'll catch up on these things. And we spend a lot of time doing things where the children are happy, sport practice. You know, I'm not doing the sport practice, so I'm sitting there on my phone. I feel like the older generation, my mum, she knows how to knit because she learned how to knit because that's probably what they did. But now we scroll. So it's kind of like our knitting. It's our new, it's the new generation of knitting. I think that's a really good way to say that. That's absolutely right. And you've given some excellent examples about how mums, you you and I, you know, we use our phone throughout the day and like some of the main reasons, um, you know, like you said, with either boredom to fill in some time, you're just looking for something. Are there other reasons why you jump on your phone? Yeah, I'm always online shopping or I'll compare. So I think the the reason I spend so much time on my phone is Back in the old, I mean, I don't even know. I often say to my mom, I do not know how you organized your life. Like I just, you know, I refer to my calendar all the time. What am I doing? What's coming up next? Um, Booking appointments. I do that on my phone. Um, If I think of something that I need, I think I need that. I'll start online shopping. Do I end up buying it? Sometimes no. But, you know, when you think that you need something, you will do those searches online and Google it and, you know, I feel like most of my time is actually organizing things and booking online and shopping, searching for things to purchase. Mm, very interesting. So with um, social media, which you've referenced, what, what accounts are you on? What do you have? Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'm not Snapchat and uh, 
TikTok, I made the decision that I spend enough time on my in my on my social media, and I've got enough mum guilt about those two. So I didn't want to add in, and I understand with TikTok, you know, these are these are thirty second reels and things. You know, it's a lot of time, um, and I already spend way too much time on Instagram reels. So you know, that was the decision for that. Is is just simply I I can't give any more time without getting more mum guilt. At the moment, you feel satisfied that Facebook and Instagram is enough to stimulate you. You're not tempted to go to TikTok? No, I'm not tempted at all because I think, to to be honest, I don't look at any of the reels when I go on Instagram and I, I feel like reels are very similar to TikTok in a way, but I'm not, I don't, I probably don't even look at brands to purchase things on a reels. I'm looking at those for entertainment most of the time it's the funny ones that I'm looking at I'm not looking at it for any other reason so if I go onto TikTok it's just more humor it's just another vice for funny videos for me that's that's my sort of Mm -hmm. yeah um you you mentioned before about you know when you look at something on reels you're not looking for for you're not looking at brand content via reels yeah something related to brand content is obviously influencers because they do create um, brand content a lot more these days. What would you say your um, interpretation or a definition of an influencer is? My interpretation is that it's someone who's engaging and and can create that following based on their engagement and then um, create that trust where people feel they need to see what they're up to. Now, it's a lot of the time celebrities and then it's also celebrity. celebrities are created from being an influencer. Uh, if I start to feel like I'm not engaging with them or that they are changing and not on my level, I will unfollow them because I don't need them filling my feed if they're not someone that I can relate to. And, um, you know, that happens a lot. They start off as just a mom and... Uh, they tell you how bad, you know, today he did this and it was awful and, you know, and you feel like you relate to them because you're like, yeah, that happened to me too. And then all of a sudden they've got a nanny, you know, and they're, they're you know, they, I feel like I can't relate to this person anymore. This is not, this is, I'm working all day, I'm coming home. So um, I will unfollow. There's the ones that show you their real life and you feel that they are telling you what they like because they're using it. And when I see celebrities and they're using something that I'm like, are you really using that? Because I don't, I'm not buying it. You know, as an example, there's one I've seen recently and she's a celebrity and she's pretty, pretty big there. And she's posting how she loves her new Neutrogena range. Now, don't get me wrong, maybe she is using Neutrogena, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it I'm, and it's sponsored. I can see it's sponsored. So I'm just like, I just don't believe that you are a multimillionaire and you're buying off-the-shelf products. I'm just not, yeah, the trust isn't there. You, you mentioned that you do follow mum influencers because you mentioned how you find their lives relatable. As an example of that, if it was a mum influencer who you follow who promoted Neutrogena, how would you view that collaboration differently? Well, I would think that maybe she is using it because she doesn't have the financial needs to buy the $150 cream. You know, so it's more about their status. Like if I feel like, you know, this is they're recommending it. And it, 
I think it depends on how they recommend it. I want to see them using it. I want to see them talking about their results. I want to feel it. I don't just want, hi, I got this new Neutrogena and it's really amazing. And then I'm like, really? I'm not buying it. So I'm looking for things, you know, that relate to me as well. My daughter's got curly hair. I have absolutely no curl in my hair. So when I have a celebrity showing me the the cream they use and they're showing me them putting it through their hair and then they're showing that that I'm engaged in. So I'm seeing them use it and I'm seeing the results and it's a product that is not through the roof expensive. You know, we're not talking about a $200 hair cream. You know, it's things that are like your typical average person. Of the people who you follow, do you know like what roughly what percentage would be um, other mums who you don't personally know? It would be about 5 to 10%, I would say. I follow a lot more brand, like clothing brands, house um, interior design brands. And as some of those influencers are home interior people, but they are more the ones that talk about their life with kids as well. So they're sort of like a, an interior sort of person like um, Kyle and Cara, Ronnie and Georgia, but they're not just promoting their interior design side of things. They talk to, the, talk to you from a parent as well. From what you've explained, it really looks like you are actively looking for a connection point. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where they are, where, if they're a celebrity style or, or um, everyday micro-influencers, you're looking for believability, authenticity and a connection to see how that could benefit you and your life. Like could, could you um, take me through that a bit? Yeah. Look, it wouldn't even matter if they're a celebrity. They could be a celebrity, but I... I have to relate to them, you know, because I'm not saying all celebrities are big namers by any means. Some of them are just real people and, you know, they're not afraid to get on the, on the, you know, I, I look for people that aren't afraid to be on their Instagram without makeup. I am looking for someone that is quite happy to just be themselves and isn't constantly feeling like they're on a promotional video. I mean, there obviously is a market of people that love that, because otherwise they wouldn't have followers. But for me personally, uh, there's days where I don't, if I'm at home, maybe I won't put makeup on. I'm not putting makeup on to sit at home, you know. So these are the ones that I want to connect with. That's how I, yeah, I feel like they need to be talking to me like a real person, not a promotable video. I think that's an awesome line that sums that up. So is that, what would be one of your biggest turnoffs from a mum influencer? It makes me feel bad about if I'm seeing them and they're like, so I've done, you know, maybe they're pregnant. I've looked at all the baby bags and I've decided on this one and it's a thousand dollars. And I just think, you know, who are you talking to? And there is this expectation that we all have to keep up with the Kardashians per se, you know. The average person doesn't earn that much money. The cost of living is expensive. The cost of homes are expensive. Most people aren't millionaires. And I feel like we're made to feel like we have to live outside our means to keep up with these people that are promoting things that are that were gifted to them <laughs> are not gifted to me. So um, that's a turnoff. I know that that bag was gifted to you. I'm not silly. So that's all good. You really love that $1,000 bag, but it doesn't it doesn't connect with me. That's a turnoff. A turnoff is always being prepped and ready to go to talk on Instagram. I'm also put off um, by filters. We all love a good filter, but I just think it's not real. 
It's not real. You, I don't even know what people really look like anymore. When I watch the reels and things, I just think, and you put them on your face and your face doesn't even look like you. So now when I watch these things, I think, I don't even know what that person looks like. So celebrity or not, I'm looking for someone that's not afraid to put themselves raw on, on, the, on the screen and not promote things that are unachievable. Know your average market is what I would say. Know your average market. And if you did any research in Australia, the average market is not affording what you're promoting. I love that, Michelle. I think that's a really good point. And it does remind me, we were chatting with an, uh, an influencer as part of this series as well. And something that she said is that how strict she is on only promoting products or brands that she genuinely uses in real life. Because in her opinion, um, well, her content will speak for itself. If she doesn't believe in it, it's not going to come across as authentic. And now hearing it from your perspective as well, you can see through that if the product is not something that she would use. Like you can actually see that as well. Yeah, we can see that. I mean, I and I won't buy something just because they tell me to. I want to see the results. I want to see you using it. And you also, I think some influences have changed. There are influences that I have followed that I have unfollowed because I'm like, I don't believe anything you are saying now. This is all about money for you. And I can see that and I'm just not buying it and I'll unfollow them. How do you know whether to trust a product or even life recommendations made from, say, mum influencers specifically um, that you follow? Well, it is based on whether they're using it. They'd want to be using it. And I don't want to see just one post of you using it. I would probably wait and see consistent posts you know, because anyone can slap anything on their face or, you know, use whatever. And I want to see them using it all the time. If a product isn't great, then maybe I want to know about that too. Do you know what I mean? If you're telling me a product's bad, then I'll believe that you would tell me it's bad, you know, as opposed to just always telling me what's what's good. I would hope to think that there is some sort of honesty it's interesting that you say that because when we're looking at um, how a positive or a negative review, not just from influencers, but in general, um, influencers, whether a mum shopper will buy a product, the data shows that even if a brand has got negative reviews, the mum will still make an informed decision. Like she will read those um, negative reviews and she will decide if it makes a difference to the reason why she will buy it. So it's interesting that you want to see influencers talking about it like in both not just all the positive side but from the the pro the cons as well i will still also do my research i am not you know i'm not seeing someone post on instagram oh i just love this oh great i'm buying it i would do my research i would still google it i would still google it and then i would be and it would say look there's 10 reviews and they're you know the average is four and a half star okay all right, so this is looking good. I might still click on the reviews and just see what the, I won't read through the good reviews. I'm looking for the bad reviews to see why it was bad. Like you said, it only comes in four colours or it took two weeks to arrive, you know. So I'm looking for those bad reviews. I would never buy something, to be honest, just off someone's hearsay on Instagram. I would if it was my friend, but not, not just telling me. Yeah, and you know what? It's exactly what the majority of Australian mums do as well. Like what the data shows is that mum influencers will certainly um, introduce brands to mums. That's the first point of call just so that you know it even exists. But then the second point of call is you go to Google and you 
type in the word to do your reviews and it's so funny because that's exactly what you've just said is what you do in a typical scenario mm. so the two work hand in hand but you know it's just a starting point yeah exactly have you noticed um, more influencers these days? And, and I'm talking, you know, there, there is a mix of celebrity style and more your micro influencers. So anywhere between, you know, five and 30, 40, 50,000 followers, they have more commercial partnerships um, and they're promoting brands. Have you noticed the change in um, those who you follow? Yeah, yeah. You start to notice the sponsored buy and, you, you know, you can see, you get a vibe. You can tell when they're just telling you that they love something because they love something. And normally they will tell you. An influencer will always say, this is not a paid post. I just really love this product. I'm telling you, I'm more likely to check, to follow what, that, what she's saying right there because she's just told me that she's not getting paid for this, which means she really loves it <laughs> because she's putting it on her feed for no money. I would like personally, if, a, if an influencer is doing that, that makes me more likely to do the ones that she is being paid for. If they are const- not constantly, we're all going to make a living and a lot of these influencers aren't working because this is their job. But I want to see you telling me that you found an amazing muesli bar and it's so good or and the kids love it and it's really low in sugar and I just love it. Now, she's not getting paid by that brand, but she's just telling you that she loves it. I would be more engaged by that and then more influenced to buy the paid products because I'm tr- more trusting of her. Some great hacks there, um, both for influencers, like seeing things from, from the eye of a mum shopper, but also for brands who are looking for influencers who they should collaborate with. That's also awesome advice from a mum shopper of what would be a good um, fit, a, a more um, influential um, representative. I like when people talk to the camera and I can see them and they're chatting away and I might notice the jacket they're wearing. I think, oh, I wonder where they got that from. Or, you know, they might be wearing a a nice jewellery piece. I think, oh, I wonder where they got that from. You know, you want to see what they're doing as well as what they're promoting. And that's they chose that. Does that make sense? They didn't get paid to wear that jacket or get paid to wear that jewellery. They just like it. So then you're more like, oh, I wonder where she, you know, it's they made that choice without payment. Yeah, it's really interesting, Michelle, how you look at the influencers because you want to be inspired by them. You're open to being influenced by them, like like you said, with the clothing choices that they make or product recommendations. But you want to be not sold to. You want to you want to gather this information in an authentic way. Hundred percent. And I certainly are looking for things that are not that they're not throwing at me. I'm looking at things that are. Just and it doesn't need they don't need to be glammed up. It might be the the, the loungewear they're wearing, you know, and I might think, oh, I really like that loungewear. Um, but they didn't tell me, you know, but you can still message them and say, I really love this. Where'd you wear that? Where did you get that from? And they will tell you. Look with the new regulations and stuff, like they have to put ad or gifted there. Um, how do you feel about that? Is that something you notice, don't notice, um, put you off? I don't I don't notice hashtags anymore. To be honest, I don't even I don't even search hashtags. I don't even I don't know whether that's just me or not. But very rarely do I, unless I'm looking for images. Perhaps I want to dye my hair a different colour, I might look for that. But I'm not looking for I don't know, I'm not a huge searcher of hashtags, but I but I do notice the sponsored up the top, how it normally says across the top sponsored. I do notice that. Mm-hmm. And what's the first like, vibe that you get when you see them? As I said, it depends on the person. If I think that they are only doing things for money, then I'm not engaged. 
so then your judgment will come overall how you feel about her as a person via versus just whether it says sponsored or not. That's not the data. That's not the It's about the trust that she's built up by being a follower. So if I start following somebody new and they are just sponsored, 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 I ain't believe in any of it probably. You know, there needs to be a a flow of non-promoted and promoted and authenticity. Have a think, Michelle, on um, either a post or a reel that you recently watched where they were highlighting a product. It could be anything. Um, can you think about um, what was the reason, what drew you to watch or read this? Um, I think I mentioned it before. It was um, Ivy, my daughter, has curly hair, and I understand none of that. I just, I don't have curly hair. <laughs> I've never had it, and, and I'm trying to learn how to get the best out of her, you know, because I just think it's she's got the most beautiful hair, and I don't. Don't know how to handle it. Um, and there was a mum who has curly hair and she was using this product and showing me how she used it. Now, admittedly, it was quite expensive and I, and I so it didn't lead to me buying it, but she showed me using it and I could see the results. It was in a story. You could see, you know, she's like, I'm just doing this and then I use my diffuser and what have you. So I could see it working it made me wish I could afford it, you know. Was that the first time you'd heard about the product? Yes, in a usability. Like, you know, you go onto some of these websites and you scroll past so many brands, you know, you're just like, and you don't know which is good. I don't know. Everyone says they're all good. They've all got five stars. But um, that was the first time somebody had actually said, oh, I use this, you know. So aside, so I like it how you said that you felt like you connected to it because it was a problem that you were experiencing in your life and obviously her content spoke to that. You liked it that she showed you how it worked because it was before and after so you could see it all in action. You would have bought it had it not been for the price. Let's put price aside for the moment. If, if that wasn't the issue and it was within what you would have been willing to pay for it, um, what else would have um, needed to happen for you to have bought it? I don't know that anything. I mean, people often say, you know, put in this code for my discount. It's helpful, but it's normally not more than 10%. 10% to me is just like, it's not a big deal. I'm not, I'm not rushing out to buy something because it's 10% off. But if you've given me a code and I was going to buy it anyway, then yeah, that, that's good, but it doesn't make me want to buy it. I would buy it if I, could, if I needed it and I could see value in it. I will remember that brand now. The reason why I'm asking you these questions, Michelle, is because I want to paint the picture for brands to show them it's not always a straightforward road that you show a product and then someone will buy it. You have explained that there are lots of winding paths. If companies have an open mind, they can still capitalize on other benefits that are not just add to cart. Nine times out of 10, I will screenshot things and revisit it later. So you might never know who influenced me to buy that product, you know, because sometimes I'll be at work scrolling in my lunch break. I'm not about to order a hair curl cream for my daughter in my lunch break, but I'm not going to hit add to cart from that influencer. So she will never receive any accolade for that purchase of influencing me. So I I would say if if the brand is tracking that they got, I don't know, a 20% increase based on that influencer, you could add more percentage to that because I can't be the only one that doesn't have time to purchase in that moment and that is just making a note for later. 
Oh, you're absolutely right. I've actually got goosebumps because as mums, we store information. We file things for later. Sometimes for years down the track, we file things for later. Yeah, and you go, oh, I know I screenshotted that. You're going through your screenshots. I've got a whole folder of screenshots because, you know, it's a recipe. It's a, it's a brand, you know, screenshots. I do more screenshots than anything. Mm, yes, it's so interesting. And I love hearing it from your perspective because that's exactly what's happening out there as well. Yeah. Now, as we wrap up in the last part of the podcast, this is um, a bit of a, a section about giving some guidance and advice to, to brands and influencers coming from you, the actual shopper. So as you know, um, brands they who we represent as well, they work with mum influencers to trial their products and share it with her audience. And um, what I want to know to get the perspective for you is for an influencer to share branded content that's a positive experience for you, what tips or advice would you give to brands so that the content created and shared leaves the best brand impression on you? I want to see promotion of product without payment to create a trust. You know how the old days you used to walk through Flinders Street Station and they would be handing out packets of chips to everyone. And some people wouldn't have liked it, but some people would, and then they would put it in their cart. No one wants to stand at Flinders Street Station anymore handing out chip packets, but they could be, as a brand, sending these things gifted and seeing how many people they hit to get it on their page. And I think from an influencer's perspective, if you do that, you are creating more trust with me because you didn't get paid. Do you think brands should pay more attention to who they select in the first place? Absolutely. Beck Judd, if she's promoting an off-the-shelf cheap product, I ain't buying it. I don't believe it. I won't follow people that are buying things that are out of my range. I'm also not going to believe her if she's telling me to buy something cheap because I know she's not using it. Does that make sense? If I'm a millionaire, I will follow millionaires. <laughs> and they will sell me millionaire products and that's fine I'm that's that's their market but don't get a millionaire to sell a cheap product because we just aren't buying it I will follow average mums therefore I want them to sell average products if they're telling me to buy a Louis Vuitton bag I'm also not believing it I'm, I know that you got that gifted so I feel like the brands need to be in line with their price point because if you are not in line with your price point, we aren't believing it. Can you think of any mum influencers who you are following that you are a fan of? Um, I don't mind House of Harvey. She's quite relatable. Um, I like the the interior design ones because I, I like I like it. I like interior design. So you Kyle and Kara's, you Ronnie and Georgia, you Josh and Jenna's, they all came off the block, obviously, um, but they're mums and they are relatable and they also um, seem to buy things that are affordable. Um, there's the Honest Mama, Midnight Mums. Midnight Mums is a funny one because I remember when I first became a mum and there was really no – Instagram was very – no one was really on Instagram and we followed on – on. Um, I don't know. Have you heard of Midnight Mums? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's very authentic when she does talk about products and how it would suit her family, her, her family of followers. Um, she, that She does that very well. 
All right, well, that's um, that's got to wrap things up for today, Michelle. And it's been really great to get your perspective on, um, you know, what your day in the life looks like, how um, you use social media, the role of influencers, and some really relevant, practical inspiration and um, insight that both brands and influencers can use to foster more believable, authentic relationships with customers like yourself. Well, thank you. It, it's, it, it has been great. So I'm glad you could hear just my side. There's obviously a plenty of different people with ways that they engage in social media, but um, this is just my story and how I feel. It's awesome. Thank you very much, Michelle, for your time and um, all the best. And I'm sure we'll speak with you again um, in the future. That wraps up our show for today. Thank you very much for taking the time to be here. I genuinely appreciate and respect your time. If you found today's topic interesting, be sure to listen to the other two interviews on the topic because you're going to be able to get even more viewpoints and certainly more ideas and takeaways. In the meantime, I'm always open to your thoughts, your feedback, topic ideas, or even if you want to be on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to mumpower.com.au and go through the contact form or you can find me on LinkedIn or even shoot me an email and I'll, I'll drop that email address into the show notes. I hope you come along to the next episode. We have got some amazing interviews in the works and I know that they are going to absolutely transform your thinking and take your growth strategy to a whole new level. For now, have a fantastic day.